RadioInfluence.com. Shaman DJ, Ecotampus, most connected DJ. Um, In between, and I have to get this out because we got that kind of city right now. In between the Stanley Cup finals. Yes, let me let me put that out there because my brother is still in New York. My sisters are still in New York and the Rangers are not in the Stanley Cup finals. Let me put that part there. You laughed when I moved to Tampa. You're not laughing now, right? We're in the Stanley Cup finals. Tom Brady's back, by the way, so we're already doing Buccaneer events. Um, That is also happening in Tampa. Um, Being from the Bronx, I still get the claim to Yankees and they are in first place. So it's just all kinds of things I get to connect myself to. But today on the DJ Aiken podcast, I am officially connected to my my man, Rio Cragen in the building, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. What's happening? Hey, man. <laughs> um, I appreciate you taking the time because I, from what I from what I gather, and shout out to my guy B Train and and the people on your side that are helping to get things going. Your calendar is mad crazy, and you found time to fit this little DJ dude in Tampa. And oh, I appreciate no, on, that. Man. I appreciate that. I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah, this is about to be one of the best parts of the day. Um, <laughs> Let's get into it, man, because there's a lot I want to talk to you about. And 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 you've agreed to officially co-host the pod today. So there's a few things that I want to get into. But first, um, let's get into a little bit about who Rio Cragen is, because, dude, I read your bio. And, and a lot of times, like, you know, on the strength of like people that I know, because I know that at one point I was starting. Right. So I figure I got a little platform. So people call me. They'll be like, yo, I got a new artist or I got this and I got that. Or can we talk about this? And I'll be like, bro, I'm all about learning about people. I'm all about learning about this. Right. So so when they send me your stuff. Right. And I start doing research, I'm like, hold on a second. Hold hold on. This, this dude has been moving like you got one record out there. And and I didn't even know you had this until I started doing the research. But you like 40, 46 streams in on on one song. So, yeah, so um, we'll and we'll get into that, too. Let's get a little bit about who Rio Cragen is, man. Let's just start there. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm a creative uh, creative first. Uh, oh, back in the day, I was I was an academic. Oh, really? <laughs> but, yeah, no, for sure. So uh, I uh, I had like a full ride scholarship when I was uh, 18, 19 years old uh, in Washington State. And I was doing that. I wanted to be a doctor so bad, man. That's like everything that I wanted in life. And then uh, I just had some unexpected life things happen. Uh, my grandma passed away, who was one of my best friends. And, uh, you know, I kind of had an existential crisis. Um, I realized, like, that school, like, wasn't really the path that I wanted to be on, even though I was good at it. That's why I was doing it, is because I was good at school. Um, but I really wanted to be a creative, and I wanted to make music, and I wanted to have, you know, uh, fulfillment in my life. So that's what I did. And I flew out to California like 20 years old around that point um, and struggled for a long time until I didn't have to anymore. <laughs> right. Talk, talking about that decision, that decision of, you know, like you're a really smart dude and you, the doctor path, right. And you're like, and, yeah. and I'm sure any, any, any parent, <laughs> any family members, like he's going to be a doctor. We are so happy. Sure. So how, how <laughs> is that sure. conversation <laughs> with mom, with the family, when you say, I'm yeah. not sure about this doctor thing. I, I, this is this, this right, right here is in my heart. Oh, that was tough. Yeah, it was tough. Um, you know, I'm the, I'm the only boy, um, in my family and, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm the only boy I was raised in an all women household. Um, and so they were skeptical of my decision, but they trusted like what I had to go do. Um, and I felt like I had to go do it as a man, you know what I mean? And, uh, and they trusted that, uh, 
there was a little bit of pushback. They were scared because, I, like I said, it was a completely full ride that I was on. Uh, and uh, but no, I worked out, and they uh, they were super supportive the entire time, which is yeah, I'm I'm very grateful for and super blessed to have them. But yeah, yeah, and you talk a little bit um, in your in your bio and and in pieces that I've seen about you on online that your dad was incarcerated the majority yep. of your childhood. Um, yeah, until you were what seventeen? Uh, yeah, until I was seventeen, and then he went back um, when I was twenty, and uh, he just got released yeah like a year ago <laughs> so yeah, so mentally so mentally right you you growing up and yeah. i'm like i said i'm i'm sure like and and this is the dope part that you got a really supportive system around you but i'm yep. sure you've been in a lot of situations where you got friends around you right and yep. their dad is showing up to stuff and this how how did that affect you in in growing up yeah, um, I had to learn a lot from my surroundings and, um, you know, I just had to be real receptive and um, that and, you know, like I had mentors growing up and whatnot and things of that nature. Um, and I had uh, a lot of best friends who was, you know, I was always over at the crib and whatnot and they treat me like their own and whatnot. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, no, it was cool. It was, you know, I, I had a it wasn't like a hard time growing up or whatever, you know, without my pops around. And me and him, especially like as I got older, we would chat. Um, we would chat often. We still do chat often. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, gotcha. but yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't all that bad of a situation. And I learned a lot from my mom. My mom was a very strong woman, uh, and she uh, she played both roles very nicely. <laughs> are, you, are you the? Are you the? Where are you? Where do you fall at? You're the youngest, or are you in the middle? Right. So I'm the only child from my mom's side. My right. dad's got seven girls. So. And I'm the second eldest of, uh, so I have seven half sisters. Now, I, now these last now these last, and and, and I want to get this in with you. These last couple of episodes that I've had of the pod, right? Uh, yeah. Two weeks ago, we got our chance to be deep inside what what we noticed was what we found out was the female group chat, right? It was very enlightening yeah. because I had never, you know, I had a couple of co-hosts on here that let me inside of what really goes on in the female group chat. And then last yeah. week, I had the. Uh, director of communications from Ashley Madison. So I've been catching it from mm -hmm. all over, uh, you know, the woman's perspective in your, in your life of growing yeah. up and sisters, mom, everything. And I'm sure you throw a few aunts and cousins in there as well. What For have sure. been the top three things that you've learned from the female perspective? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> He's like, Oh, geez. Sure. <laughs> well, there's so much, man. Honestly, like I think, uh, number one, uh, for me is emotional awareness um because you know like it's not wrong to have you uh, sometimes you you um you have like emotions that just come come about you know at the snap of a finger and uh being able to be in tune with that is actually like extremely powerful um and and i think that's like one of the one of the main takeaways uh and then also strength for sure completely strength uh yeah uh, i think those are those are a couple of uh of the main uh the main things that for sure have influenced me that you know i was able to uh learn from them right for sure especially as a writer you know what i mean like i need emotional awareness as a writer like if i if i'm feeling a feeling like they taught me how to you know express that feeling you know what I'm saying? Which is, is, it's tough sometimes. And it's very difficult to, to convey 
uh, and to uh, reproduce in words <laughs> right. what the hell's going on in your life. You know what I mean? Because sometimes, especially as a man, like it's it's tough to transcribe that stuff. You know what I mean? When you get frustrated or, you know, some things are not just going your way uh, at a specific period in time. Uh, but yeah, that, that was a skill that I had to learn and I had to develop. Oh, so so yeah. we can give a big shout out to mom and the sisters right here. We gotta sure. give them a big, big shout out. out. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're growing through going through this process of being an academic, right? Um, you're in yeah. middle school, high school. At what point does the creative hip hop, R and B, just the artist bug start to hit you? How old are you? Uh, I think I'm 14 at that time. Uh, I wanted piano lessons like at 12 years old. I, I remember vividly and we couldn't afford a piano, <laughs> you know, right. so my mom got me a guitar. And so I, I started guitar lessons early. Uh, but so I was playing guitar at like 12, 13 and at 14 years old is when uh, I was like, I need a microphone. I need to start making beats. You know what I mean? I need to start rapping. <laughs> and uh, I did. I wrote like a few songs uh, at like 14, 15 years old and, uh, you know, it was just playing them in school and everyone thought it was the coolest shit because no one was able to record themselves at that at that age and whatnot uh and from there that's where i definitely caught the bug i was like man i i gotta keep i gotta keep doing this i gotta make more <laughs> and who are you listening to around this time like who's influencing you man during this time let's see i remember 50 was going crazy still back then uh i was listening to a lot of 50 I was listening to Kid Cudi for sure when I was in high school. Cudi raised Kid a Cudi. lot. Cudi raised a lot of y'all, didn't he? <laughs> for sure, man. Yeah, definitely. He was just like, you know, it was the first stuff that was really experimental uh, as far as like with melody and rap that was not like corny, <laughs> you know, for right. sure. Uh, he was doing it real cool and he was doing it his own way. And he was he was really paved. He was paving fucking the way for the next generation which is just crazy but yeah definitely 50 and cutty that, yeah. that's kind of interesting too because i i hear a lot of artists who kind of are in your in your i would guess say lane or and, and i more, more so mean yep. like age group or coming along as you are and they a lot of them tend to mention future a lot a lot of them tend to mention yeah. kanye a lot where where does future fit in because I, a, a lot of um and i don't i don't know where the the lean portion has fit into your art form or what you know when yeah. you create or, or even people around you right but you know i, yep. I watched the juice world story right and you and he talks about how future really influenced him and and the lean was yeah. a big part of it that sort of thing where does future fit in with you creatively um yep. uh definitely uh so later in life after high school man like the entire atlanta scene you know like whether that's like gucci future um uh thug you know like that's where it's like oh shoot okay cool future is one of the first guys like really taking melody and rap to like a different level like a new plateau you know what i'm saying and uh I was listening to Future Low Key before he was wearing uh before he was wearing the hat with the brim. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so as soon as he put that hat on, like really he started going crazy. Like he it was I was wild. I remember the ascension as well. Um and uh yeah, so yeah, that was crazy. Just Atlanta in general um had a massive impact on, you know, how I thought about rap and melody um intertwined with one another. And it's, it's wild, too, because, you know, um, before I left, because I'm from Washington State, 
one of like the internal questions I was asking myself at that time is like, I got to leave the city um, if I want to do anything with this music and I need to go, you know, shake hands and uh, be in the same rooms as like people that I look up to. I was like, dude, do I go to Los Angeles? Do I go to Atlanta or do I go to New York? And I really wanted to go to Atlanta, <laughs> but I, I had no idea. I didn't know anyone in, in Georgia. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I ended up uh, going to Los Angeles because it was a little bit closer to me. But, but uh, yeah. But you're from Washington State, right? Isn't the, the well, yep. the, they have a pretty like um, historic scene up there. I guess it, I guess you you would know better than yep. I. As far as hip hop goes, though. Is it really a scene up there? Because I know every all these areas, right, that we never get to go to. And I, I've been quite a few places, but you'll go there and it'll be like a bubbling hip hop scene of its own that maybe they haven't had that big, gigantic breakout audience artist like we wound up getting from St. Louis, like like a Nelly or, you know, what's happened in Texas yep. and Florida, of course. And Atlanta's probably the biggest example, right, of like, yeah, there there was there was a scene that all of a sudden and now it's like damn near headquarters, <laughs> right? Like if you if you in Atlanta and you bubbling, you had to bubble through that scene. Um, um, when we right. talk about Seattle, right, you, you, we go through, uh, in my mind, right, being being a little older, Nirvana, of course, right, they're from Washington of State, right, they're, they're, you, yeah. you, you, the grunge scene or whatever. But hip-hop-wise, yep. um, as far as, like, the history, of course, um, Sir Mix-a-Lot, right, he's from Washington State, right? Yep. So when you look at, like, in your age range, though, and, and the, the new set of artists, is the, is the scene yep. still moving up there? Um. So Washington State specifically i'm on the southern most part right next to portland oregon so seattle is like a few hours drive north uh, from where i grew up from and um when i was coming up the only person who was really like making waves during uh that time was macklemore and ryan lewis um and um and it was like it was just a it was it was a long trek so i'm i'm way closer to portland oregon so that's like that's kind of like where my music scene was like I'm five minutes drive, you know what I mean? To the venues in Portland. So we would pull up there. We were doing shows at like the Hawthorne theater and the Roseland, uh, trying to get as many opening gigs as we could and whatnot. Um, and from Portland, I mean, there wasn't a lot of noise really happening. Um, at that time, um, when I left is when Amine, uh, you know, got his flowers and fucking, he, you know, right. had the smash and took off and whatnot. Yeah, and it's super cool to see like what he's done in the last few years as well. It's wild. Yeah, super dope. So you you start bubbling, and what's the first record that kind of catches a buzz for you that starts to get you the notice? Yeah. And I guess it starts, you know, in 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 your generation too. It's it's I guess it starts to get passed around the internet. What's the first record for you that starts to buzz? Right. So I have this song called Inconsiderate um, that really um was a pivotal moment for me in my career back then i think we had gotten like 40 50,000 streams on the song um and it just started getting passed around on the internet and then all of a sudden i just had like every single label hit me up like we need you da 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 da, da. and um uh we ended up uh putting it out we redistributed with um with virgin um and caroline we, we were like partnered and uh it the song just went crazy starbucks picked it up um just playing it in like all the coffee shit shops like nationwide uh and that was really the first song that took off for me we ended up getting like um uh united states viral top 50 went in the global top 50 as well on spotify 
Um, and that was like my first like song that really, you know, triggered the growth, I guess. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure you talk a lot about um, and, and I want to get more into the music and some of these collabos that you've had. Right. But I know yep. now a, a lot of what's being talked about you is is kind of an independent movement movement situation. Um, and we yep. you can explain that to me. But you had an experience at Caroline slash Virgin which yep. gives you a taste of the major as well as doing it yourself. Yeah. Everybody's preaching independence. What's your yep. thoughts on that with your experience with having dealt with Virgin, which is pretty much as big as it can get too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, it was great. I loved everyone in the building and whatnot. Um, some things, you know, just aren't going to align with like your creative um, vision you know, sometimes as an artist. And that was like kind of the thing that was happening for me. It was like, you know, I wanted to put certain songs out and um, they weren't the easiest agreements. And there was like a lot of, um, um, you know, like, I'll come your way a little bit. You come my way a little bit, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, uh, I didn't, I, I, I felt like that wasn't true to like, you know, the projects that I wanted to put out, I was used to a and all my own stuff. And like, I picked the songs because, man, I make, you know, sometimes a few hundred songs in a year. Um, and I like to be able to put those together in what becomes a project. Um, and uh, yeah, it just wasn't aligning uh, with me at that time. I was also a very hard-headed kid. You know, I think I was like 22 years old when I had done that deal. And, um, but now being independent man i it's just it's nice to have ownership over the over the music um you know like i own my masters um on my publishing and uh it's um it's nice to be in control of those things especially as i've got, I've got some wisdom now especially on the business side <laughs> you mentioned body of work which is interesting to me especially like i said and this conversation is is super dope to me because you are in what I call like this, this new, this new set of, of hip hop. And, and, and there's a lot of great things going with it. Um, I'm, I'm asking you this because I was watching Beyonce had a clip that went around for a while and Beyonce yeah. talked about how a lot of artists now aren't even giving us as a, as a public, as a consumer, a body of work. Everybody's just trying to throw this single out there, hope they go viral, yeah. hope they can do some shows. But in what yeah. you just mentioned to me, you are interested in putting together a body of work. Now, yeah, I have a, it's a twofold question. How important is that to you? And then also yeah. to looking at your contemporaries and the people that you started to meet, because it could just be a misconception because we don't know all these artists and the artists that yeah. you're associating with and that you're meeting. Like, you know, when you meet some of these other artists that are really dope and climbing, are you guys in the studio really talking about making a project you know something that you know a cohesive body of work or is it really a lot with this generation as it's perceived out here with i could just make a single go viral stay on the road for three yep. to six months make another one your thoughts right 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 yeah i mean uh you know it's i guess situational like for for me and uh a lot of my uh homies that i collaborate and whatnot like we're always thinking about uh making a body of work I think the singles, you know, they just come naturally. So it's like, you know, you got one <laughs> when you, when you know you got one. And so it's like, 
you know, the, uh, sometimes like on, during the creation like phase or whatever, you, you got a song that you made and it's like, bro, I got to hit up one of the homies and like get them on this for a feature or whatever. Um, and uh, or so-and-so would be perfect on this. Um, but yeah, a lot of the times from my perspective, like I want to make great bodies of work because I feel like um, not a lot of people are actually making great bodies of work right now. Um, it is single focus and single driven. Uh, a lot of release schedules are like, let's put a song out right now and let's put another one out five, six weeks later and let's keep rinsing that, you know? And uh, they just keep running it up until they, you know, put out like six singles and then they put out a 22 song project, which is just like, okay, cool. <laughs> you just <Yep>. farming, farming <laughs> streams, farming engagement and whatnot. And it's like, um, there's a problem in that because, you know, um, a lot of the music becomes cookie cutter, um, which I'm, you know, like I, I'm a consumer too. I, I consume that shit. I scroll through TikTok. I'll be hearing it. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's like, I think there's a problem when you start making music for TikTok. And I think there's a problem when you just start making singles that you think people want to hear because it's not really like artistry and in my mind, it's like really just like you're putting pieces of a puzzle together and you're trying to, you know, get shit spinning. <laughs> no, no, you you make a good point because uh, it, it brings me to this, though. Do you think that we're losing the artistry? Like, do you think like let, let's look at five years from now. We are so caught up in, like you said, yeah, I need to go viral or can I get something for TikTok? And I'm sure if you've talked yep. to a major like you have, right, somebody's in yep. a meeting going, we got to get something that we can throw on TikTok. And, and what's For been sure. so crazy about me as a programmer, right? I, I've looked at some radio things and, you know, people are trying to choose singles, right? And so now not only are we using what the labels work to us, right? We're using what's going on on Shazam. We're using what's going on on TikTok, TikTok right? And what I found, yeah. especially even in my events and playing in the stadium for people, people that are caught in this TikTok thing, they are often caught in that 15 seconds of a song. So when they hear yeah. the rest of it, right, they're like, what is this? Because this ain't what I know from TikTok, <laughs> yeah, you know? So, exactly. so do you think that this is going to cause us a problem in five years or do people even care like you and I do about artistry nowadays? Right. That's a good question. I think that they do care for sure. I mean, like, you know, the world goes quiet when Kendrick drops. Yes, <laughs> you it know, does. Like, yes, it I does. I think for a reason. Uh, because like, or else, you know, the same thing with, um, you know, Cole, you know, Beyonce, <laughs> like, you know, people who are really taking Drake, like people who are really taking time on these, uh, on these like projects and like on these songs and whatnot. Um, and I think it's because, you know, it's still really important and people still want it, you know, but, uh, but yeah, but I mean, like, then the nice little catchy songs are like candy to the ear, which is great. In it, you know, don't get me wrong, I still love this stuff. Like I, like I said before, I'm a consumer, right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be bumping that stuff too. I'm like, oh shoot, and I catch myself like singing it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's there. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you're gonna be at a party at some point, right? Yeah. And and the turn up songs are needed. Let's fast forward your yeah. life to 2017. 2017, yeah. we drop Growing Pains. Yep, for and. Sure. Yep. This is another pivotal turn. Oh, yeah. In, yeah, for sure. In your life. It's, and it's pre-pandemic. Let's keep that in mind. It's pre-pandemic. 2017, Growing Pains drops. Things are yep. moving. Now, are you still in the situation with Caroline Virgin then? Or yep. are you, 
So you're still in that situation. Yeah, so this, uh, this album came out under Virgin and 10K Projects. Um, and uh, yeah, and it went crazy. Uh, it did uh, really well and um, and uh, really kind of put me on the map. From that, I was like able to tour with Lil Yachty. And then right after that, I toured with Billie Eilish. Stop it. Stop side. yourself right there. Stop yourself right there. Stop <laughs> yourself right there. Yeah. You ain't just going to blow by those names as if like you haven't done <laughs> something major, right? Yeah. Yachty, crazy. Billy, yeah. out of here. Like just took over <laughs> radio, just out yep. of like, and 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 did it her way, yeah. right? Her and her brother come out with this sound of their own. Yeah, and for sure. Am I correct in that she saw your work or heard your work, her team, and they invited you to go on the road with them? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, they they had heard the music and um, they hit up my agent at the time. And yeah, we ended up just like going on the road for, I think it was like 20, 20 something dates or whatever during that time. Yeah, and it was, uh, yeah, such a great time. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing about that. And and you're opening up mm-hmm. for Billie Eilish, right? And, and we know she's the headliner. Everybody wants to come see her, right? Yeah. How important, though, was that experience to you, though, to just be on the road and see that kind of chaos? And, you know, people go, well, I'm opening up. People are still coming in this and that and the other. How important, though, was that to you to even get that opportunity? Yeah, no, it was great. Um, And I was main support. So it was like it was a really great experience because, you know, people are still there during the the main support set uh, completely because Bill goes on right afterwards. Um, and then, um, no, it was uh, it was insane because you know she they were early in her career and whatnot, but they were acting and performing like you know they'd been doing this for twenty years, which was just like there was a level of professionalism that I was just like, okay, like I need to live my life <laughs> this way <laughs> and I need to operate that way for sure. So it was it was really important, uh, and it was it was really cool. Yeah, the yeah. live perform the live performance part. Because because this yep. irks me. This 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 irks me yeah. to my soul, right? Um I yeah. I am I am from the Bronx, right? And and luckily I feel right. like I am probably the most hip hop kid ever because my sister uh-huh. went to high school with Cool Herc, who gets credit for starting hip hop, which I am always happy to tell people that Yeah, that that's how deep this thing that's that's how deep this thing rolls to me, right? So when I look at the live performances, a lot of live performances that I'm seeing nowadays, um it's like a lot of these artists don't care and don't understand how important it is that if I've never seen you before and you come out there and you give me this, I'm like, who is this guy? I'm going to search right. for you. I'm going to look for your music. It's like a lot of these artists are throwing away the live performance. They're either yeah. giving me what I call hip hop karaoke, where they're just singing yeah. over the track that I already got that I could have sang over in my car. Um, yep. They were more worried about how much they could smoke or drink on stage as opposed to giving me right. the actual performance. I got way too many people with microphones and I'm not even getting to see the guy girl that I came to see. Yep. Where do you put the live performance at? Yeah, I think the live performance is really important. And like um, during it's different uh, if you're headlining uh, compared to like supporting acts, because when you're a support act, like you have to really go the extra mile. Uh, obviously, you should if you're headlining as well. But you really got it because like the fans aren't necessarily there to see you. So a lot of times you got to win them over. And so you should be rehearsing 
all the time trying to figure out, you know, how you can have better stage presence. How are you going to like convert some of the, the audience into uh, supporters of you as well? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's extremely vital, you know, <laughs> that you go extremely hard. It's a, uh, it's almost, you know, it's like as important as the music. I'm sorry. Look at this guy right here. <laughs> oh, wow. Hotel. Sorry about that, man. <laughs> yeah. Window washing right now. But so, uh, yeah, I think it's super important. And, and, and now we make our way to 2019. How, how does the meeting, like you're in this lane, like, and yeah. you can tell me you're making hip hop music. Um, yep. Melodic. So, and, and the hip hop yeah. thing has become so crazy that everybody's listening to it. Flume, from what I know. Yeah. Probably one of the biggest DJs, producers out there, Australian dude making all kinds of noise. And in 2019, you guys link up had how did how does that come about how does the because you're still on this bubbling thing right and i know yep. you're making friends in the industry how yep. do you and flume link uh that's a good question so i met his manager i was introduced to uh his managers um at a festival and so we were just hanging out um you know throughout the the, the duration of the day and um we just had good conversation, <laughs> you know, and they had heard some of the music and they were like, yo, let's, uh, let's link you up. Let's get you in a session with Harley, like, which is Flume. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that would be super sick. Like I'm a big fan of like everything that he does. Um, and, uh, I ended up meeting Harley like a couple weeks after the fact. And, you know, sometimes like you like, going into blind sessions is not the easiest thing. Like, um, you know, like you're two creatives. Um, and so not, you don't always just click off the bat, man. As soon as I met Harley, I was like, Oh man, we've got to be friends for, for life. For sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we, we ended up making a whole bunch of songs on that first day. And, uh, yeah, we were just, yeah, we were definitely just buds. <laughs> yeah. You guys, yeah. you guys not only make a, a dope song this French joint that tallies like I said right now is sitting over like 46 million streams yep. um yeah. that, and that's just on Spotify that I looked at so but you guys yep. go in and wind up making a whole EP together yeah we made an EP um which were like some of the first songs that we had created um we made all those like within like the first like couple of days of like knowing each other pretty much too oh wow um uh and yeah I mean we have a lot more too uh just uh chilling in a hard drive <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of dope so so you got all this stuff you got all this stuff going and you're ascending and you're you're making all these moves at what point does it go awry with capital virgin at what point and and, and i also too yeah let's make sure we get back to that ken 10k projects part because i there's 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 a few questions i want to ask you about that situation but yeah at what point does it go awry with the whole capital virgin situation, because it seems like we're about to hit the pandemic right around then too. Right. Right. So it was before, uh, it was after I put out, so I ended up putting out, um, um, like another EP called Craig, uh, while I was still there, uh, with virgin and 10 K and, you know, I just, I, I realized at that time, I was like, I just wanted to be released. I kind of wanted to go the independent route. Um, and it was just a conversation that took place and uh, it took a little bit, but <laughs> they ended up finally just like agreeing. Cause I was there for, I was locked in for quite a few albums, but they ended up, uh, they agreed to just like 
let me go do my thing, which I'm actually super fortunate for because I know like a whole bunch of artists who are kind of are stuck in the system for quite a while. Um, yeah. Let, let me get but. into the business of this because this is where I wanted to go here with, with this, right? So you are yeah. in a situation from what you tell me at first with Caroline and yeah. Capital. How does yep. 10K get involved? And, and the reason I ask you so much it about was, 10K because yeah. 10K belongs to, isn't that Lucius's son? That owns Universal? Yeah, yeah Elliot. Elliot, yep. okay. So Elliot, yeah. who is Lucius's son, who owns the whole Universal music thing, which is Drake, Cash Money, uh, Ariana Grande, which is Republic under there. It's all kinds of stuff under there, but he yep. is like the big dog of it all, right? His son owns this brand yep. called 10K. So first of all, yep. tell me how you went from the Caroline situation over to 10K. So 10K, I was with Elliot from the beginning. So... 10K is where it all started. Um, that's where, you know, we were. And then he brought us to Caroline. And then uh, from there, we ended up upstreaming to Virgin. Yeah. Gotcha. But so I was the, I was the first artist on 10K. Um, and then uh, he picked up, that's where he ended up picking Trippia right after. And then 6ix9ine right after that. And then, um, you know, they started going crazy during uh during during the time where I put out my first album. And so that's why it was just like it was just a conversation. It was just like, you know, I gotta go do my own thing. Like just let me go do my own thing. Because like that's where all the attention and the time was going towards. Um and so after after the Craig project came out, um the Flume project was my first independent release. Now yeah. I, I ask you a lot about the 10K thing because a lot of people don't know the inner workings of the of the because I feel like now to what you guys do miss out on as a yep. fan is you guys don't really get album and CD credit covers no more. Right. We used to get right. those. Right. And so when you buy a CD, yeah. you go inside and you get to read who people are signed to and the writers of songs and all of that kind of stuff, which you I'm sure are into it, because like you said, you've been a fan in a different way. So you read credit. You, you kind of look at who's doing what. Right. So when yeah. I looked at the 10K being involved with you. I guess I wanted to ask you, and you kind of hit on it a little bit, with 6ix9ine over there and Trippy over there, and they were, to me it seemed like, especially with 6ix9ine, and we all know this, yeah. it became a lot more about the online antics as opposed to the music, right? And that's what yeah. I feel a lot of artists are not. I, I feel like what's happening to the industry now is people are trying to get like digital famous, right? And then if I can make a record in the process, then I'll do it. You understand what I'm saying? Like, right. like, I, like even like the gang thing. Right. And I feel like a lot of gang members. Right. They really are into the gang life and yeah. they love hip hop. So somehow they can rap a little bit. And because of the money and the, and the stuff that they're doing, they're in rooms with people that are actually making music and this sort of thing and the other. Right. So then all of a sudden it becomes yeah. I make this record and it it goes now not so much hand in hand. It's almost bigger because we saw six, nine, six, nine was way more about the antics. People were tuning in for the antics as opposed to right. the record would jump out there. Yes. That first day or first two days, it was like this big number. And then we'd stop listening to it. Right. But so I ask you that to say, with you being such a creative, how hard or, or were they pushing you to be more like you no, got to act up yeah. on social media? We This is how we get the attention no, on you. Yeah, not at all. No, they were actually super, like, especially Elliot. Like, he was super dope. Elliot was, like, especially one of my best friends at that time, too. Um, and, no, I was actually super excited, man. Like, because, you know, at that time, I was like, 
bro. It's still think this. I think Trippy is one of the fucking greatest artists ever. I, I really love Trippy's music and like the energy that was coming, especially at that time, was just like so different. Um, you know, always been a fan of Trippy stuff. And uh, back then too, it was like Danny Six Nine. Like I was like, dude, he's actually like a really nice person. <laughs> you know, outside <laughs> but, of when we cut the camera on <laughs> all, the, all the antics, you know, that was going on. But this was early on and whatnot, you know, like, um, uh, but yeah, it was just, it was wild. And I was super happy for Elliot and whatnot. But also, like, it was like, you know, I had more people in my corner as well that were like, yo, like, we got to go now. Like, we can't be waiting around. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like, whoa, <laughs> we got to figure it out. But yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, Elliot just, it was just a conversation and they ended up just letting me get out of the deal and so that's where i ended up putting out the the first independent release and it went crazy which was like super it was just a blessing and i'm i'm glad that you know like that's the thing with music as well um a lot of times you think that you're gonna have one trajectory or things are gonna work out in this picture perfect way you're gonna get this single that's gonna pop off but no nah, man it's like you know a thousand things happen uh on the road and you got to react and you got to make a life decision uh, in way more moments in time than, you know, you, <laughs> you might have thought was going to happen. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it worked out, luckily. <laughs> right. what, sure. So what, what, but, what effect did the, uh, the pandemic have on you, like musically, like creatively? I, I'm from reading about you and, and, yeah. and some things which I'd, I'd like you to tell the story more. So there were yeah. some, some periods, some up and down periods during the pandemic that. For sure. I, um, yeah, the, during the pandemic, it was, it was wild because I had just come off of world tour with, uh, with Harley, with Flim, uh, and we had, we had done it for, you know, probably like five months. Uh, and so I was just gone the entire time when I came home in like January, that's like when, you know, the world started shutting down was in like February, March. So I, I was still kind of just like coming to to the fact that you know like i'm back in like suburban area <laughs> i'm chilling <laughs> you know like we're not in hotels like every single night and then it was just like oh shoot i'm trapped in the house because los angeles had like massive stay-at-home order um I, I remember it was it felt like the apocalypse like in my neighborhood larchmont at the time which is like mid-city los angeles um there were signs on the trees that the neighbors had like posted up, like don't walk your babies out here. The virus is a thing. And it's like, yo, <laughs> it's like, I was like, Oh shoot, the world's ended, bro. That's <laughs> kind of sure. crazy. Yeah. So we ended up moving. Um, we moved to the desert. Cause I was like, Oh, this is prime opportunity to, you know, get out of the city and write an album. And uh, I had a feeling that we were going to be on lockdown for a long time. And it turned out we were in Los Angeles. So I was glad that I like went with my gut and got out of the city, got a big spot, got like a six bedroom home uh, in Indio, California. Um, and we ended up writing Diary of a Loner, which is the new album that just came out uh, during that time. But it was crazy because, you know, like I had shows scheduled, um, you know, like, uh, especially with Harley, like uh, he was going to do a whole bunch of stuff that I was going to pop out for. And uh, all the shows got canceled. I had a whole bunch of like per uh, personal headline stuff that was scheduled as well. Those got canceled. And so I was like, geez, 
uh show income has kind of been my main source of income for the last like five years like what am i gonna do now so that's uh that's where i found like crypto and uh nfts and i just went super heavy and uh just like fell in love <laughs> with that, that whole side of like you know the internet and um yeah just wild yeah diary of a loner it's out right now yep. um it's out right now it's kind of a real introspective album if i if i understand it correctly it's a lot about Absolutely. uh what's going on who'd you work with on this project uh yeah so uh a whole bunch of people actually uh mainly um one of my brothers uh jeremy lloyd uh who's one half of marion hill uh he executive produced the project with me uh got my boy uh kid inc who's on there uh on on the lead single um and then also johan lennox uh, we got my homie Fam, uh, who's on a song as well. Who's like an amazing producer. Um, Sub Beats goes crazy uh, from the East Coast, and yeah, that's uh, that's mainly everyone who uh, helps put this together. Uh, yeah, it was it was an experience because um, it was the first project that I worked on that was like completely remote. Wow, <laughs> you know, so we were just sending a whole bunch of things back and forth on the internet. <laughs> we were like, "Yo, this sounds dope." <laughs> Uh, yeah, for sure. You've got this record light show out too. Uh collab with uh yep. you and you and Kid Inca. It's the record with Kid Inc. Yep. Um how yep. was it like how was it to work with him? And I like shouts out to Kid Inc, man. I like he's one of the dudes that I've had a chance to sit down with and, and have some really yeah. dope conversations with. And I know he's kinda like like been in this thing of like he's working on new music and, and about to come back. How did how did it how was it to yep. work with him and how'd you guys even link up? Yeah, man, I love Inc. He's he's crazy. He's one of in my opinion, one of the greatest you know, like um, we we have we linked up years ago. We actually ended up putting in like another song out, Ride Like a Pro, uh, that actually did go crazy on TikTok. <laughs> to take back to our earlier stuff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we did that a couple years ago before before the pandemic. And uh, yeah, man, I, I had this song and I was like, there was a second verse on it originally. But I was like, man, Ink will go crazy on this. Let me hit him up real quick. <laughs> yeah for sure so that's what ended up happening how how important has the and i I probably know the answer to this because you're in that generation and you move like that it seems um the internet how important has the internet and using the tools of the internet to even like not only engage with fans right but to meet other artists that you might want to collab with or that you're just a fan of how important has the internet been to your whole process completely man like even, you know, like every single day, uh, if I hear something, you know, on Spotify or whatever, um, I'm getting on Instagram and I'm shooting them a DM, <laughs> you know, if it's like moving me or inspiring me, I'm like, and I, 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 I don't even hit people up to be like, yo, like would love to work or whatever. I'm like, man, like what you did right there, like that made my day, <laughs> you know, like even to just let people know or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, so the internet is extremely important, especially these days. Um, Twitter too. Uh, I'm really um, getting, getting back into Twitter since the pandemic and whatnot. So Twitter has been like a blessing. That's where, um, that's where like uh, I've been pretty vocal on like for the last, like uh, for the last year for sure. But yeah, the internet, 
changed a lot, man. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> like the internet has really, I, I've heard of like some really dope connections and like even getting to interview you today, right? Like we're not even in the same place. We're using the technology, but getting yep. to really have a dope conversation. Um, I ask you the internet part because you guys are definitely moving today, like the, the, the creators of today, right? And all of us are having to learn how to use this internet thing. But there's a constant tugging that I see between like what I guess I call the old heads and the young heads, right? And, 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 yep. and, a, and a few weeks ago, I saw Soldier Boy speak on that a lot of the, the older guys, right? Like it would work out better, you know, if we kind of like, I know, and I mean, when I was younger too, right? I didn't want to hear everything from somebody older than me, right? But I guess yeah. if the approach is right, Soldier Boy's point was like, there's not a lot of guys that have been through what you guys are about to go through or may have seen something before you that actually yeah. mentor you, right? Or just give you that advice and be like, yo, let me holler at you. And you seem to me like one of those guys that is somewhat receptive. Yeah, you got your own way of doing things, but if it comes at you right, you know, you, you're open to that conversation. Do you have some thoughts on the connection between like the older dudes before you and your generation of creatives? Yeah. Um, man, I mean, I think that, you know, technology is moving just light speed. So sometimes it's just like, you know, um, it's tough. It's tough to kind of like grasp the concept of things. Like I was just thinking about this the other day, man. Like I, we, I used to play, you know, like, when I was a kid, we were watching movies on the VHS player. It's like, I haven't seen a damn VHS player in forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, you know, that was like a portion of my life. So, I mean, like, um, it's just, I I don't know. I respect uh, the, the different eras, you know what I mean? Like, and I know that there's no malice in, uh, you know, in like certain areas, uh, because things are different for us or whatever. Uh, it's just like, if that was a large, things were, you know, things just really started changing. So it's just, I feel like just a tough thing to completely grasp uh, lately. Music is evolving. Uh, like, like we were saying earlier, there's more melody. Um, there used to be fucking four verses in rap songs, man. There used to be four verses. Nowadays, there's only like one or two. Nowadays, we're lucky you to know? get two minutes and 13 seconds. For sure. There's just a dramatic change. And so like, there's always going to be pushback in, you know, during times of dramatic change. And I, I, I think that's completely fine. I understand, you know, that things completely. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a student of this shit and like, uh, I welcome the change uh, because I think that change, you know, moves things forward. Um, it's not going to be, you know, just like I was saying about my career, things aren't going to be exactly like what we imagined it or dreamt it up to be. Uh, it's going to take, you know, a, a life and a walk of its own. And it's going to, you know, it's all going to work out. <laughs> I'm excited for the future of rap music and excited for the future of hip hop and whatnot. And uh, I, I hope that people continue to keep pushing the boundary and keep running with it, man. And keep evolving it. Because, I mean, even like we see today, like rap is like fucking pop music now. It is pop music. It, it I mean, it that, yeah, it's it's what it's pop. The pop most popular music. It's pop. It's pop music. That's insane. It's like you know, fifteen years ago, they were trying to, you know, do crossover songs <laughs> with rappers and whatnot. And now you need a rapper in order to you know like get your stuff going if uh, if you're in a different genre. And it's just it's you know, how can you be mad at that? You know, like this is at a new level now at a different plateau. Um, 
but it's because, you know, people continue to experiment and push the boundary. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to, you know, hopefully be a part of that conversation. <laughs> Can we do this real quick? Can we talk about a couple of your uh, contemporaries that I want to get your thoughts? I'll, I'll shoot you a name and yeah. you give me your thoughts on them. Mm -hmm. Juice World. Yeah, man. I love Juice World. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, mm -hmm. Insane freestyler. The most amazing melodies. Uh, lovely fan base. You know what I mean? Like, yeah uh i've never i never met juice i never got the opportunity to meet juice um but yeah just also seemed just like a lovely person for sure kodak black <laughs> icon man legend uh just like super smooth with it too yeah big fan of kodak big fan of kodak triple x oh i think uh pioneer rule breaker um just like some sort of genius for sure man like definitely that oh and war is hard on his sleeve which is like not easy to do it's not easy to do that and uh yeah pioneer bro for sure drizzy uh i think you know goat <laughs> for sure uh well executed you know uh and you know just like attentive to detail and just like amazing artists man for sure yeah well right, let's, let's start this up right now you use the word yeah. goat so if drake is the goat where does that put yeah. kanye it's a good question um man i love yay i do love yay uh but i mean there's no it's just you know, like when Drake is saying, like he's the Beatles. Like, technically, it really is. If we're talking numbers and whatnot, it, I think that you know, like, you know, sometimes it gets like confused because, like, who's the greater artist is like, you know, such like a dynamic question. Um, and I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know, man. I don't think there's a right answer because it's you know. It's very, uh, uh, it's a personal question and it's like very, uh, I, there's no right answer. There really isn't. But well, well, let me throw this into the pot because, because yeah. now you bring up an interesting point. Right. And, and again, yeah. this is like, I am so glad that we're having this conversation, man. I appreciate you. Right. Let's talk about yeah. when it comes up, you know, greatest rapper of all time. And yeah, me personally, here's how I feel. You can agree yeah. or you can give me your opinion. I really yeah. don't care who writes all the songs like when you guys oh, go in the studio i don't care if your little cousin writes a verse i just want a hot body of work right that's now the, that's the only thing that matters right now there's another conversation about best rapper ever i've never considered drake to be best rapper ever but i also right. have never cared who drake went in the studio and wrote with because i care that drake gave me a dope body of work now, yeah, that's all that matters. Can I get your thoughts on that? Because, you know, Remy Ma just came out recently and was like, you know, in, in order to be considered best, whatever, something like that. She was like, you got to write. I think that in, right. in rap music, it's becoming an issue where everybody isn't good at writing songs. You understand? Yeah, some dudes sure. are great at freestyles. Some dudes are just some females and whatever. They're, they're great at being that person in front. Yeah. But as a consumer, 
I care about a yeah. great project. Like, like, give me a great project. I don't care if 30 people had to help put it together. Right. Rather than one right. person saying, I did it all, and I got one song and 15 skips. Yeah, that always blows my mind. I think um, most of the greatest songs in history have all been collaborative efforts. Um, and uh, I would have been sad if, you know, those other people didn't, you know, have a hand in making that uh, that final product. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think that's just, you know, a different level of a uh, cap. <laughs> the, uh, the, it's like it's like going on to, you know, just like um, going on to a show and, you know, they ask you to freestyle and whatnot. Man, I'm horrible at freestyling, but that doesn't make me a bad rapper. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? I am horrible. I'm bad, bad at freestyling. But man, I could sit down and write really you know some dope shit like uh but yeah it doesn't make me a bad rapper and i think that you know if if you have a few collaborators on a song and it's going to make the song better like why why not that's a no-brainer to me you know it's going to do better more people are going to probably like it um and what you're sacrificing uh you know four to 16 bars of stuff that you had that is probably not as good or or you know i don't know whatever it takes to make the song better is like i'm a bit i'm a firm believer in right no no and i appreciate it man it's, it's always like a thing to look at because I'm, I'm sure you see it like it's a reoccurring theme you know like yeah. when you look at this rap thing and and things that are out there um let, let's get your thoughts on um i would say bloggers new media i'm not sure how i would take approach it right but you know in in their delivery of news on artists like yourself right it's like you're out here doing something positive and you got to almost fight to get that news out you mess yeah. around and get in a fight in a club though and it's at the top of everything and that right. sort of thing and i and i know they say controversy and right. chaos uh you know that's what sells do you feel a right. certain way or do you think that there should be an adjustment on just how we're putting these stories out because i, I, I personally think now with everyone having a computer in a pocket i.e iphone smartphone whatever you want to call it right the kids, the next yep. generation has constant access to this chaos. Right. And I, right. I think as a person who does media, that sort of thing, that at some point it's affecting us, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we don't, we may not necessarily say it. And now mental health is being talked about a lot, but when all we're pushing is such and such got arrested, such and such got in a fight, right. such and such, there was somebody shot, another rapper killed that sort of thing. And then right. you got somebody like yourself who's trying to like, you know, you're not, necessarily saying that that's the worst thing there's a place for like all of these things in hip-hop but there has to yeah. be more to our story in this hip-hop game what do you what do you think about the media media's hand in this no, or I what agree. we should even be doing i agree i thought i think you know people are just for some reason naturally inclined to just gravitate towards i guess like the negative energy um and those negative <laughs> headlines right <laughs> i guess it's more you know it's like you got the thrill factor um and the shock factor but um yeah i mean i i would love to see you know stuff change uh but i just, just like given the climate i just i'm not a firm believer that it will change um i think people unfortunately just like to see the bad news and um and uh yeah that's just like there for some reason people are excited to see people fail these days you know like um like it just read a comment section with another rapper, you know, has to go to jail, gets locked up or whatever. Um, yeah, it's wild. 
I mean, and people are getting bold with it. You know, I was on tour when, um, you know, X passed away and I was disgusted because, man, how, how are they going to film, bro? In the whip. Slumped out. It's like, man, it's just like that's the that's the level that things have gotten to. And it's like, unfortunately, I don't understand why that's what people want to see. <laughs> but that's what some people want to see. Uh, I, yeah, man, not me. I don't even really be on social media like that because, yeah, you got to protect yourself. You got to protect your minds. You got to be out here associating with, uh, you know, people that you love and enjoy and people who you look up to and whatnot. And uh, social media can distract you. <laughs> from, yeah, it, it can definitely distract you. Done, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, but yeah, I do hope that, you know, that sentiment changes, though, because, uh, yeah. It gets dark out there. <laughs> Most definitely. Well, um, I I appreciate you taking the time, man. Diary of a Loner is out right now. We got the new single out, yep. Light Show, featuring Kid Ink. Um, what is next for the dude, Rio Cragen? Man, just keep growing, keep building, uh, keep writing music. Um, I'm out here in New York, NFT NYC, playing shows and whatnot. It's uh, keeping everything going, and uh, you know, hopefully continuing to push the boundary because. Uh, you know, we got to keep shit moving. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I, I know you got to go, yeah. but you, you mentioned the crypto space is the the sudden seem like I would say unbalance or, uh, you know, chaos oh. that's going on with the crypto space. Yeah. Like definitely what's going on with Bitcoin, because that's the big one that everybody sees. Is that, is that is that is that bothering you right now? Oh, not at all, man. I'm you know, like, honestly, like this is the best time to build. Um, so. You know, like we always um, expect these things. I mean, look at the NASDAQ, you know, NASDAQ is down what, like 34% or something right now. Tech is just down horrible. Uh, crypto is down horrible from the top. I think like what, 70% or something like that. Um, and, uh, but it's all part of the, it's all part of it, man. Like, you know, like these things are expected. Uh, and right now is literally the best time to build because everyone gets shaken out everyone's fearful <laughs> but not me i uh yeah i've been through stuff like this before yeah you you double down and you keep building and uh you know you'll be smiling you know three four years from now <laughs> <laughs> the dude's For name sure. the dude's name is rio craigan man the album out right now diary of a loner of course single out right now with the dude kid inc it's called light show um where can they find you at on social media because i it, it's yep. obvious you move around the space for sure, yeah. I'm just at Rio Cragen, R-E-O-C-R-A-G-U-N on all platforms. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. Uh, you, you, yeah, you I appreciate root, you too. You it root, was a fun you, chat. You rooting for the Golden State Warriors, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, that what you, is that what you're doing out there? Oh, man, yeah, you know. Oh, you're having uh, a good year. You're having a good year friends. on the West Coast, right? The, the Rams as yeah, well? Yeah, having a good year for sure, yeah. Oh. Yeah, one of my best friends is a, a ball player, like a professional, and uh, yeah, he used to play for the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I definitely was rooting for the war. <laughs> oh, well, there you go, man. <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time, man. As always, man, let's stay in touch, man, because I definitely want to keep knowing what yes, you have sir. going on, man. And, and uh, I, you know, I might have to just get you back in here and out of here to get you, you know, you'd be like my like an industry consultant for me on the inside. <laughs> Tell me what's about to happen, what's going on, man. The dude's name for is sure. Rio Craig, man. I appreciate you joining us, man. Thanks again and, and much success, man. And also, too, um, you. when you come to Tampa, um, we have to get you, um, you know, we got to get like something live with you with the fans and that sort of thing. Speaking of sure. which, damn it, I forgot this part, Jason. Um, dude, 
I need this. Um, if there was a 14 year old kid that was talking to you right now and he was like, right. dude, could you give me that one piece of advice that, you know, I could use because yeah. I want, I think I want to be in this industry. What would you tell them? Um, as far as being an artist, whatever you want uh, to tell them positively, I would say, uh, learn how to do as much as you can on your own. Uh, especially learning to record yourself. Uh, there's so much power in being able to learn how to record yourself and how to learn basic missing, uh, techniques. Um, and then also, um, you got to get uncomfortable for a little bit. You know, you gotta, you gotta get outside of your little bubble that you've created for yourself and, uh, really go grind for it because, um, you know, what it took for me was leaving my hometown and not knowing anybody in Los Angeles and, you know, being dirt broke and having to figure it out. I had no option other than to figure it out. Otherwise I was going to go home <laughs> and it was never going to get done, you know? So yeah, uh, be okay with being uncomfortable, um, uh, in order to make, you know, your dreams happen for you. Uh, and that's what it takes. That's what it takes every single day, man. <laughs> Dude, Rio Craig, man, I appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. And much success, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Yes, sir. All right, brother, man. Um, um, you see, Jason, we, sometimes we get to make something and I wouldn't even say out of nothing, but a lot of plans changed on us today and we still had another dope episode of the DJ Aiken podcast, man. Appreciate the dude, Rio Cragen, man. Um, and also appreciate you, man. Don't forget to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Plus comment too and tell us what you like. And hopefully there's not a lot that you don't like about the podcast, but what you like about it. And also too on that YouTube channel at DJ Aiken TV, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, right? And comment, okay? I am gone, the DJ Aiken podcast, man. I will talk to you soon. Shouts out to Radio Influence. We out!